welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. It's time to talk about the tenth word. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. We've been desiring to discuss this for a while now, so let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Maryland and Singapore. Listen out for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. So, Mama, you know, I've been known to enjoy an occasional game of football every now and then. Every now and then? Well, the games don't happen all the time, you know. But when they're on, let's just say that I don't mind enjoying one from time to time. The speeches that the players give before and sometimes during the games can be pretty interesting. They often talk about dedication, commitment, focus, and doing one's job well. A frequent topic that I hear mentioned is desire. Well, Daddy, desire can mean a lot of things. Like, Mm -hmm. I would really enjoy a hamburger right now. One could say that that's a desire. Yeah. How exactly do these football players talk about desire? Well, in football, desire basically means wanting to win so much that one will do whatever it takes. It's probably true in other sports as well. However, the other sports don't usually show the passionate speeches that we see in football. Well, I've watched a a little football, and they do seem to have a lot of passion about winning. And your football example sounds like a good segue for the 10th word or the 10th commandment. It deals with the drive to want something desperately. In the Christian Bible, we can find it in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. In Hebrew, it says, Lo takmo beit reecha. Lo takmo eshet reecha. Ve avedo, ve ameto, ve shoro, va kamoro, veko asher le reecha. In English, do not covet your neighbor's house. Do not covet your neighbor's wife, his male or female servant, his ox, his donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. But who is your neighbor? In our last podcast, we covered Yeshua's definition of neighbor. If you missed it, please check out our podcast episode number 138 entitled The Ninth Word. That episode covers bearing false witness against one's neighbor. In this episode, we hope to give a clearer understanding on what it means to covet. Now, I'm sure everyone remembers Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40, that reads, Rabbi, which of the commandments in the Torah is the most important? And he told him, You are to love Yehovah your Elohim with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. This is the greatest and most important commandment. And the second is similar to it. You are to love your neighbor as yourself. All of the Torah and the prophets are dependent on these two commandments. Also, remember that the first five of the ten words cover how we are to love Yehovah our Elohim. The sixth through tenth words explain how we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. Now this is an important structure to understand if you want to really live a holy life. Some people believe that when Yeshua identified the commandments Tim just mentioned, 
that meant we can forget about Jehovah's commandments and focus on only those two instructions. But let's consider a different way of looking at Yeshua's answer. The instructions Yeshua identified are the primary categories of our Heavenly Father's instructions. If you want a deeper understanding of how to obey them, then you need to apply the commandments or words that relate to each category. When it comes to loving your neighbor as yourself, you don't get to define what it means to you. You must apply Elohim's instructions, like don't murder them, don't commit adultery, don't steal from your neighbor, don't testify falsely against them, and don't covet their stuff. Exactly, Mama. In fact, if you don't mind another football reference, imagine football player A giving football player B a motivational talk during the game. And let's say football player B is not playing so well, so football player A says, hey man, just do your job. But the problem is, football player B doesn't actually know what his job is. He didn't study the playbook, so he's not sure of where he needs to be and what he needs to do to make the play work. So what good is it to tell him to do his job? What he needs to understand in some detail is what he should be doing in various situations and what the desired outcome is of that play. Now, if football player B just makes up his own ways to do his job, he's probably not going to be in the right place doing the right thing at the right time. So in a Bible sense of the word, he's missing the mark. And we have a word for missing the mark. The word is sin. So, Daddy, you're suggesting that when we, as believers, don't live by Jehovah's instructions, we're like player B. We're in the game, but we're not doing our job. You got it. Well, let's get back to understanding what the 10th word means then. The 10th word or commandment warns us to not covet things that belong to our neighbor. The Hebrew word for covet is chamad. It means to desire something, to take pleasure in something, or to feel that something is precious. It usually implies that the person experiencing kamad wants to possess whatever she or he is feeling kamad for or desire for. The first use of the word kamad is in Genesis. Chapter 2 verse 9 describes the trees that Jehovah Elohim made to grow in the Garden of Eden, including the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Later in chapter 3 verse 6, the word kamad is used to describe how Eve saw the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It says, when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it had a pleasant appearance, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took some of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. In the New Testament, the book of James, chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, puts this idea of kamad into perspective. It says, no one being tempted should say, I'm being tempted by Elohim. For Elohim cannot be tempted by evil, and Elohim himself tempts no one. Rather, each person is tempted whenever he is being dragged off and enticed by the bait of his own desire. Then, having conceived, the desire gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. This is exactly what happened in the Garden of Eden, and it continues to happen every day to people all around the world. The book of James really has a lot to say about the 10th word. Oh, and by the way, consider looking into how the book of James got its name and what the given name of the person who actually wrote this book really is. But hey, back to the 10th word. Okay, 
Well, Daddy, I think you were you were referring to James chapter four. Mm-hmm. Reading from verse one, it says, "What is causing all the quarrels and fights among you? Isn't it your desire battling inside you? You desire things and don't have them. You kill and you are jealous and you still can't get them. So you fight and quarrel. The reason you don't have it is that you don't pray, or you pray and don't receive because you pray with the wrong motive." that of wanting to indulge your desires. Daddy, in this scripture, our own desires, or chamad, is the source of fights and disputes between believers and the Messiah of Israel. This scripture continues with the theme of chamad, urging us to humble ourselves, submitting ourselves to Elohim. Thanks, Mama. That is the scripture I was thinking of. And when I think about chamad, I notice that the issue isn't in wanting or aspiring to have something, like wanting to be married or aspiring to buy a house. The problem is wanting the specific thing that one's neighbor has. Hamad is born within us, you know? I've seen children who want what another child is playing with, so they pass a pile of toys to get to the specific one that they saw another child playing with. Often, they take that toy from the other child and we end up with a dispute. Mm You know, my dad taught me a long time ago that growing older is automatic, but growing up or maturing emotionally is a choice. There are a lot of physically mature people with the emotions of a child. Many of them have never mastered their chamad, their desires. So they're driven by their emotions and desires with no consideration for the people around them. Now, that's not the way to love one's neighbor as oneself. Agreed, Daddy. In his letter to the Philippians, Rabbi Shaul, known as the Apostle Paul, described the character of Yeshua, the living Torah. In chapter 2, starting at verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of rivalry or vanity, but in humility regard each other as better than yourselves. Look out for each other's interests, and not just for your own. Daddy, that sounds like loving one's neighbor as oneself. Mm -hmm. If we are truly humble, and look out for each other's interests, everyone will be taken care of, and we won't have any interest in coveting what other people have. Instead, we will enjoy the support of others as we work to acquire whatever it is that we may desire. Proverbs 12, verse 12 says, The wicked covet the loot of other men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. So the righteous don't need to covet, because through Elohim, we can produce our own stuff. Amen, Mama. The sin of covetousness is really hard to see because it lurks inside one's heart so others may not know for sure that covetousness is the driver of someone's behavior. Now, because it's hard to observe, people can deny. But with Elohim, the intents of our heart are plain to see and undeniable. Right now is an excellent time for each of us to search our own hearts and to clean out anything that may steer us in a direction that goes against the word of Elohim. What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and secretly covet something that someone else has, wanting that specific thing for yourself? Or would you take the red pill, control your own desires, and be satisfied with what Jehovah Elohim provides for you? Only you can answer that question. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 through 6 says, Keep your lives free from covetedness and be satisfied with what you have. For Elohim himself has said, 
I will never fail you or abandon you. Therefore, we say with confidence, Yehovah is my helper. Well, Daddy, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour where you can handle the truth. At the time of this recording, Passover 2022 is approaching. Now, if you aren't preparing, please start right now. The scriptures direct us to remove the leaven from our homes and from our hearts. If you need some details on how to prepare, check out our podcast numbers 33 and 84. If you need more guidance or if you want to join us online for a celebration of Passover, please email us at redpiltorah at gmail.com. Our online celebration will happen on April 15th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Email us for a link to our celebration or if we can help you prepare for your own celebration. Also, our friend Joy is preparing for a great Passover celebration in her home state of Oklahoma. She's inviting quite a few guests, so please remember Joy and her husband in prayer that Jehovah Elohim will bless their work and make their celebration fruitful for the upbuilding of His kingdom. Thank you and have a great week. Shavuot Tov. Shalom.